Hi folks, welcome to the podcast, The Lotus Eaters, for the 14th of June, 2023. I'm joined by Andrew Lawrence. Andrew, how are you doing? I'm good, thanks for having me on. It's nice to be here. Thank you for coming. And uh, today we're going to be talking about how the BBC's disinformation service has begun disinforming you, uh, why conspiracy theories are so popular, and what conspiracy theories the public believes, and of course, why you should be revolting against the empire of pride. Uh, but before we begin, we have a couple of announcements. The first one is tomorrow at 4.30, no, 3.30. Sorry, Friday. I forgot it was Wednesday. Time just sort of starts blurring into one when you get to my age. Isn't that right, Andrew? That's how it is. Yeah, that's how it is for me. <laughs> yeah, just the, the older you get, time just becomes much more meaningless. Uh, Friday at 3.30 UK time, uh, Connor and Harry are doing... Uh, a Rumble exclusive podcast about, quote, is James Lindsay right about Christian nationalism? Not actually a subject I'm very familiar with. Uh, so that's going to be interesting. And also, Andrew Lawrence is on tour, and one of his tour dates is in Swindon on the 21st of July, uh, which we are going to be attending. We think you should as well, because I've attended literally all of his Swindon tour dates to this point, uh, back after he was cancelled, and uh, he's very, very funny. So you should definitely go and see those. So anyway, uh, let's begin. So you may be aware, I'm sure you've probably seen this, is uh, BBC's Verify, Verify service, where they were going to spend their time debunking conspiracy theories on the internet and uh, putting out f true information because, God forbid, there's enough false information out there. And if there's one place you can trust for the truth, it's the BBC. Isn't that right? Yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting move given the, their reputation of recent years. Um, um, it's it's interesting. They seem to think they're such a trusted institution that they can appoint themselves as the arbiters of truth. That's that's yeah. fascinating. It, it doesn't speak highly of their self awareness, really. Um, but <laughs> let them go for it. It's bound to create wonderful entertainment value. Um, <laughs> Although there is that, there is that. Um, but before we begin. Uh, if you want to support us, because of course we've been demonetized, go to lotuses.com, sign up and go and check out uh, Josh's latest contemplations about Victorian values, which I find fascinating because this is, of course, at the height of empire. And he's been going through various uh, pieces of literature through the time where they explain how things should be. And it's just very interesting how wildly different to us they actually are in the way that they think. Anyway, so previously we have covered the BBC's dis disinformation service. Uh, and I love that they call it the disinformation. I mean, yeah, it's one of those words that sets off alarm bells, isn't it? It's, um, <laughs> yeah. Okay, so you're in a certain club if you're chucking around words like that, aren't you? Okay. I mean, the, the fact that her job title is literally disinformation specialist. It's like... Specialist? Mm. Wow. I wonder what, what, what level of training and how many years of, of uh, specialist training she's had to... But would you want your job title to be disinformation specialist? I'd rather, you know, true information specialist, maybe. You know? Yeah. Makes it sound like it's kind of the mask is off. But um, they promised to disinform people, and boy, did they deliver, because they dropped the first series of their podcast, Mariana in Conspiracy Land. Now, this is Mariana Spring, their disinformation specialist, who uh, has done some roving reporting in Totnes. Wow, okay. Which is where cons all conspiracies begin, apparently. Yeah. And uh, she, I, I listened to all of this series, and it's pretty much what you'd expect. You know, there's a sort of way that uh, a progressive narrative, a progressive will set up a narrative and essentially just cherry pick. 
from a series of sources to present one interpretation. But if you actually watch or read all of the sources yourself, you probably come away with a different interpretation, right? Sure. Uh, and she spends her time in this mostly talking about a grassroots conspiracy paper called The Light. Now, I hadn't heard of this before. Have you heard of this? No. 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 Well, apparently they've got quite a large readership, actually. Something like 100,000 copies a month or something they print. Okay. Yeah. And so this this goes quite far and wide. And uh, she interviews, like I said, you know, this is the, the typical way that progressives set up their narratives. So she interviews very kindly and favorably people that she likes and that support what she's trying to say. Uh, and is completely unquestioning about the things that they tell her. And then she refuses to accept anything that the people that she, she doesn't like say. So if, cool. if they, you know, say something that it may well come from like a government website, she'll just essentially say, no, that's wrong without substantiating a point. And of course, she clips them at their worst in order to represent them as being as bad as they can be. In Totnes, incidentally, she was interviewing one uh, lady conspiracy theorist who she ended up reducing to tears, which is like, right, that's not, not nice. But, um, but the, also, so the she did an interview, a, a proper sit-down interview with a chap called Darren Nesbitt, who is the publisher of The Light. And he recorded it on his side, and you can go and watch that on Rumble, as it is there. You just search for Mariana in Conspiracy Land, you'll find that on Rumble. Um, and I, so I watched about two thirds of this because it's about four hours long, and wow. he just comes across like a normal chap. He's yeah. just a normal bloke. Yeah, you know, he's like he's he's you know he's he's like, I'm a self admitted conservative. I think there's some funny things going on, which a lot of people do, which we'll talk about in the second segment. Um, but he, he just comes across like a normal guy. He's not like a raving lunatic. He hasn't got a Nazi armband on or anything like that. He's just like, look, I think we're being lied to. Yeah, well, he's got some ideas that he wants to discuss in the public sphere that uh, that um, there are, some people don't like, <laughs> evidently. Um, well, yeah, uh, I mean, he turns up and like, I think I'm being lied to. She's like, well, hey, I'm from the BBC. So, yeah, yeah. That's, that's why. With the BBC, why. we'll let you know. We'll let you know what the lies are. Yeah, and so, like I said... trust us. <laughs> like, trust old Auntie Beeb. She's, she's never going to lead you wrong. <laughs> well, I watched the entire uh, Marianne in Conspiracy Land, or I listened to it even, and uh, in the very first episode, she started, started talking about uh, me. Now, I probably wouldn't have covered this as an entire segment, and this does feel a little self-indulgent, but when BBC Radio 4 are going to start just publishing lies about you and these are like genuine lies these aren't just these aren't just lies of interpretation right yeah. when, when they actually start fabricating events that never happened and attribute them to you uh then i mean i feel i'm i'm entitled to at least push back on that yeah you can't let it go because they do it to you they, they do it to other people and if no one pushes back it's they they keep doing it so it's important um yeah well, and I, you know, like I think I you're, you're fully, fully uh, entitled. Not, I wouldn't even say entitled. I think it's the right thing to do. You know, they want to put themselves out there as this organisation, the bastion of truth, and then they want to pursue an agenda and tell lies about people. And they need to be called out on it. Um, I think so, and I think it's particularly ironic, given the framing, right? Because if it was just a regular BBC article, I'd probably like don't care, you know. It, but this is a big production. She's spent a lot of time explaining, no, 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 I'm anti-disinformation. I'm going to provide you with real facts. And then in the very first episode of this, start spewing just things that aren't true. Mm. Let's let's watch this, this clip of where she's talking about me. For Georgina and Ben, this paper from outside Totnes 
has been part of what has drawn people in the town towards a new way of thinking. They compared two separate visits from Carl Benjamin, a former UKIP candidate who ran a YouTube channel called Sargon of Akkad before it was suspended by the platform. He first appeared in Totnes with a former Breitbart editor, Milo Yiannopoulos, a man associated with the far right. At the time, a local group in Totnes condemned Benjamin's use of rape threats and racist tropes, as well as engagement with white supremacists. Obviously, the whole of Totnes would have come out against them, which we did. It was a complete, like, old-fashioned standoff on the Market Square. We had sort of, you know, Akhon Sakad and his mates, who all looked quite heavy, sitting on one side and shouting about freedom of speech. And then the whole of Totnes, on the other side, shouting him to go away. A year after the pandemic, the same guy came back with another mate, and half the people who previously had stood up against him were now with him because they'd all been recruited into his way of thinking. So nothing was more important than freedom of speech. So suddenly, these guys who we had all at once, you know, only a couple of years previously, absolutely understood as being on the wrong side, people were now slightly conflicted and standing with him and yelling at us. So for me, it's been a bit upsetting to have a town where hippies, who you thought were friends of yours, have crossed very quickly, with only the smallest of encouragement, over to the far right. Georgina and Ben are worried that what the conspiracy theory media is doing is something akin to radicalisation, causing a committed minority to adopt radical positions on political or social issues based on disinformation. That sounds like I did a good job in Totnes then, doesn't it? It's pretty full on, isn't it? It's pretty... Uh, there's some, some very strong... strong uh, um, <laughs> allegations, allegations and assertions. Assertions they're making a, about you, and it's all very black and white, isn't it? Oh, I, I oh went there God. twice. I radicalised the town, and I led some sort of insurgency in Totnes. Georgina there is uh, a, a counsellor in Totnes. So this isn't even just some rando off the street who's making that allegation. That's a, you know, that's... if she she sort of played it down a bit and 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 had some sort of balance in there and 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 you know said anything vaguely neutral or or positive about you, you might have been able to take it take it seriously. But it, it's so overtly a, a hit piece that it. It's, it comes across as ludicrous. I mean, I love the sinister music in the background. So, ooh. And yeah. I can't believe they fat shamed my friends. <laughs> Simon and Glynn, I'm sorry, you're going to have to go on keto, boys. Like, the big heavy guys, yeah, yeah, yeah. Simon, Simon knows it. <laughs> hey, I was heavy yeah. at the time, too. Well, but- I think the, 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 uh, the intimation is that big heavy meaning meaning they're intimidating and yes. I can assure um viewers I'm I'm here in the office I've seen I've seen everyone it's not an intimidating bunch of people <laughs> I don't think we are anyway you know but- I'm I'm a small man I'm, I'm you know and I, I I can I can honestly say I felt no intimidation <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. No offence, anyone. But um, So I just thought I'd go through and just refute, because she made a, a bunch of concrete assertions about me that were just simply not true. And so I thought I'd just go through and refute them. The first one being um, that I was banned from YouTube. Uh, that's not true. If you can go to the next one, John, uh, there's my YouTube channel. It's right there. You can click on any one of those videos and watch them. I don't know why she would say that. I don't know why she would say I was banned from YouTube when it's such an easily mm. verifiable thing, right? Literally anyone with an internet connection can verify that. Uh, secondly, 
anyone with an internet connection can verify that Milo Yiannopoulos was not with me at Totnes. Uh, I recorded the entire thing. If you go to the uh, the video of the event, that's the entire thing, the whole four hours there. And yeah. you can see that it's just me and my fat friends <laughs> who apparently need to lose some weight. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> but you can see that Milo isn't there, so I don't know why she would say that. I, it's just me talking to people just very, very regularly. And there's Simon in the background being fat shamed. Um <laughs> Uh, obviously, I've never sent a rape threat, which is why I have no criminal record. Interesting that she, again, would say that, because mm. that's a criminal offence. I don't have a criminal record. I've never been arrested. I've never seen the inside of a courtroom. I don't know what the process is, to be honest. Mm. Uh, I'm not, nor have I ever been a white supremacist or engaged with them. The only engagement I've had is to debate them, which I did a few years ago. If you just go, like, you know, that this debate has actually been taken down. I don't know why. But I have debated against them, so sure. there's that. Um, but the the most important one for me, well, I that that really bothered me because, okay, the, these are false statements, but they're false statements about the internet, right? Mm. So it's like, oh well, this channel's taken down. So like, again, yeah, no, no, that's just not true, right? Um, but what I find really interesting is normally when the BBC is going to lie to you, it's some kind of lie of omission, right? They'll yeah. the, there'll mm. be information about something, and they'll take one or two pieces and leave out pick, key yeah. contextual. Uh, other pieces that give you a false impression of that thing. So technically they haven't lied. They haven't made up a fact about the world. Uh, and so you come away misinformed, but they can say, well, we, th this is true. That is true. And that's all you need to know. Well, not this time. This is a very interesting thing because I've never been back to Totnes. <clears throat> I've been there a grand total of once on that MEP tour and so when she says, quote, on two separate occasions, that's a fabrication. Yeah. She literally made that up. Um, now, don't get me wrong. It makes me sound awesome, right? Yeah. I went back there and half the town was on my side <laughs> all of a sudden. I, I, sound like the Pied Piper of Totnes. <laughs> exactly. <right? laughs> like, I mean, I wish I'd done that. Now, yeah. I, now I think about it, because maybe they wouldn't have been. But that, that's just not true. That's a total fever yeah. dream mm. that has been made up by Mariana and That's the Greek fear-mongering, fear-mongering nonsense, isn't it? But you, and the thing is, just ask yourself, well, where's the footage of it? Like, wouldn't there be footage if half the town was, like, up in arms against the other yeah. half of the town? Wouldn't mm. there be some cell phones? Be, well, know? the whole thing screams out uh, sort of a, a mixture of laziness and vindictiveness, um, which is, you know, but outright fabrication as well. Yeah. Literally fabricating an event. Like, tell me the date I went back. You know, mm -hmm. I bet there's I bet there's video footage of me like on the podcast that day or something like that. Um, but what I like about this is at the end where she says, what the conspiracy theory media is doing is something akin to radicalization, causing a committed minority to adopt radical positions on political social issues based on dis disinformation. Um, that's what she's doing right now. Yeah. She's literally trying to tell people, oh no, Totnes is a hive of radicalism. And therefore, the very committed minority of progressives need to start doing something. And she, she's trying to make them think like, she, like they're living through some sort of civil war or something like that. And it's like, that didn't happen. What are you talking about? You know, and again, it's not just misreporting. It's fabricating events, which is even worse, in my opinion. Like, obviously, lying by omission is bad, but at least you haven't made up a series of events. And there are a bunch of people who obviously believe this like you've got people like george monbiot guardian columnist 
bug-eyed communist who uh, just says, oh, brilliant series by Mariana Spring, centered on my hometown, which shows how many alternative types, well-meaning pra- wellness practitioners and well-meaning hippies get sucked into far-right conspiracies. Yeah, but you're a, a communist loon. You would say that. What he meant by that, it's a brilliant series. Said it told me exactly what I wanted to hear, reflected all my views back at me. Didn't really think much about how much of it was true or not and how, <laughs> what had been made up. But, you know, it's just nice to have my own my own vanity and ego massaged. Good for you, George. That is exactly right. That is exactly what they think. Uh, this is the Totnes councillor who lied about me, uh, Georgina Allen. She was a, an ex-deputy mayor and a current Green councillor. And uh, this is an extraordinary podcast, though it doesn't show Totnes at its best. It's incredibly important the way it shines light into the darkest corners. You made up a story about me, Georgina. Uh, what was the date? Where's the footage? Where's the evidence? I've been back twice. It just didn't happen. You made that up. And then you, Mariana Spring, I imagine you made it up to her and she just took it as read because, like you were saying, it's just reflecting the worldview back at them. And so, oh, that's exactly what I want to hear, thinks Mariana. And therefore, the narrative continues, even though none of that's true. Uh, she is, if you go to the next one, you, you can see she's the exactly the kind of person who would do this. Green District Councillor for Totnes and noted, noted liar on the internet. Very interesting. And then you get a, a bunch of people congratulating her on her conspiracy theory. Like, oh, as a former Totnes resident, I listened to this with my jaw on the floor. What a hero Totnes Councillor Georgina Green, uh, Georgina Allen, sorry, is. Uh, is she's calmly collecting evidence of right-wing conspirators manipulating and standing up to it. What? Yeah, it's this very characteristic progressive thing of, of well, my values, my beliefs are, are absolute gospel, are, are the truth, and I'm going to say anything. The truth doesn't matter. I'll say anything to... to uh, um, uh, to support my values and to, to further my, you know, what I believe to be true. Um, mm. The truth is all relative. I'm just going to, you know, it doesn't matter if I, I smear people and and, and um, uh, tell a bunch of very lazy and vindictive lies about them. It's, you know, if it if it's uh, it's all in support of, uh, the cause. of the cause. Yeah, it's incredibly, um, yeah. <clears throat> incredibly... Uh, but this is this is what I'm this when she, when she says well it's to radicalize a narrow band of political people based on disinformation. But, but here we go, you know, very progressive person who now believes things that aren't true and believes that there is you know has become given the radical view that there's some sort of right wing conspiracy going on in Totnes, which I'm sure is really happening. And they just again another these are people from Totnes apparently. As a Totnesian myself. Uh, this podcast gets a thousand out of a hundred. Like, okay, but it wasn't true. Uh, and so there are a lot of people on the other side going, well, this BBC Verify thing really is just BBC Vilify, isn't it? Because that's really what it was all about. Pretty much. Um, but they get away with it because it's this, this dearth of critical thinking with people that they, they, they have their own views reflected back at them through a series of lies, vindictive lies, uh, and that's fine for them. There's no, that, that that's all they want. People don't think for themselves. It's, mm. it's depressing, really. And the thing is, they know that even if even if there was a portion of the audience that would fact check it, they don't have the access to the BBC as a platform to be able to disseminate 
that knowledge. Mm. And so they know that the vast majority of the audience will just not bother fact-checking any of this. They won't go anywhere else to try and find any information about this. And they can now portray uh, the people at the light and myself and others as just being somehow evil people engaged in some sort of conspiracy to create a revolutionary cadre in Totnes. Yeah. All places to do it. <laughs> it's, it's fairly unhinged, isn't it? It is. Uh, people started mentioning this to Mariana and she started blocking them. Of course, yeah. Because that's how you know they genuinely believe in what they're saying. When people are like, hang on, his channel isn't suspended. He didn't go to Totnes. I'm sure there are a bunch of things about the light as well. I just don't know anything about that paper. But, mm. but you know, I'm sure there's a bunch of things about that that she said that weren't true either. And she's just like, yep, block, 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 block. And uh, lots of people were saying, hang on, she's blocked me. Why has she blocked me? Uh, but anyway, this is something apparently uh, other people, citizen journalists, as they call themselves, have uh, have caught her doing before. Um, like I said, I don't know anything about these particular cases. But to be honest with you, judging about the one case I do know about from Mariana's reporting, mm. I'm not inclined to take her side and give her the benefit of the doubt on this one. Yeah. Weirdly enough. Well, yeah, if it makes you feel better, it's not just you, Carl. <laughs> we, <laughs> we, I, you, you, if you listen to the BBC and you, yeah. you read things on their website, then you come across similar things all the time. They strike you as very peculiar, very false and, and slightly vindictive and... and and the people at the centre of them that they're targeting think, well, you just smeared someone there, really, because it suits your agenda. Um, it's it's uh, very tiring, really, but it's so it's it's so transparent now. I think um, who buys into it anymore? I don't think you've got anything to worry about. I don't think really people, anyone who happened to listen to that, um, I don't think they're coming for you. <laughs> I think uh, I think you'll be all right. I'm not too worried about them, but it's it's just nice that we have um, a very good example of the BBC's uh, disinformation service just actively promoting disinformation on the very first episode. So yeah. I did actually put in a complaint with BBC and Ofcom, and uh, I have received emails back from both of them, but I can't talk about any of that yet. So who knows where that goes? It would be very amusing if uh, she gets her podcast taken down because of the dis disinformation she was spreading. Uh, but let's let's move on then. Because it turns out that conspiracy theories are just mainstream now. They're just so widely held. It's really difficult to say, oh, conspiracy theorists and think... I mean, that, that just doesn't have any teeth anymore, does it? Mm. You call someone conspiracy theorists and like, oh, thanks for noticing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Let me talk to you about the flat earth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a phrase that gets thrown around a lot, isn't it? For, for <clears throat> you know, in this, this internet age where there's a lot of people exploring ideas and, and having conversations and and and, and uh, it, it's an easy accusation to to chuck around and um, um, it's very easy to 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 settle upon an individual or a group of individuals who've created something online and it's based around uh, um, uh, trading ideas. And conversation, it's easy to latch onto that. And it's, certainly if it's successful and, and pick it apart, if you're a mistrustful person or if it if it offends you because it doesn't represent your values, it's easy to pick it apart and start throwing labels like conspiracy theory or the far right or, or uh, misinformation and these things around. And um, uh, they're all kind of... Um, uh, derogatory labels for for an expression of critical thinking really a lot of the time i think yeah and 
it is it is fair to say that a lot of people don't have the information they may need to be able to explain a phenomenon. But like like you were saying, why did the public have such high levels of distrust in their own institutions in a place like the BBC? It, yeah, well, it's um, it's it's uh, it's been a long time. It's it it's developed over a long period, hasn't it? And uh, um, it the. The, the real preponderance of information out there and, and people being able to find things out for themselves just um it opens people's eyes to the actions of government and the actions of mainstream media and and the sort of the sort of things are all being fed and told and 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 it's it, uh it creates a culture and a, a, of mistrust socially generally and um uh which is a real problem isn't it the thing is, it's the kind of people who are manning the institutions that I'm bothered about. Like the Mariana is a particularly good example where it's this obvious ill intent towards what I just consider to be regular people as well. Sure. She, she's trained in a particular way, given her background, to be able to argue in public in the way that people like us do. Mm-hmm. But, but the regular person doesn't have that kind of training. And so she can talk them into a framing that makes them feel inferior and tries to paint them as bad people. And I really dislike it. It's totally unfair. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's a poison. I mean, I think a healthy mindset is that you you have your values and then you realise everyone else has their values as well and, mm. and that there'd be some overlap and, and, and some differences between you. Um, and that's fine. And, and uh, you know, we all make compromises and concessions about who we want to be so society can work. Um, uh, and and that's a healthy situation. And then someone like this comes along, this type of individual. And it's about background as well. It's about privilege and entitlement. And they've decided that their values are the only acceptable set of values. And anyone that conflicts with what they believe and what they think needs to be smeared and taken down and, and lied about and, and um, you know, uh, ostracised, and it, it's it's poison. It, it's vile and, and uh, appalling mindset, I think, but but very prevalent. That's exactly exactly how it is with people like Mariana. Um, but anyway, before we begin, go and check out our website. Go sign up. Five pound demonetize. You know what we're talking about. Debating modernity. Thomas returned. Uh, Thomas Dowling returned to debate modernity itself with Stelios. Poor old Stelios always looks like he's on the receiving end on these thumbnails. I don't know what's going on. Uh, Stelios, he, he always holds himself well. I don't know why the thumbnails are like this. But the but the point is, and I think this is probably a uh, symptom of modernity, where we were talking just before the podcast. I, I think that one of the reasons conspiracy theories exist, uh, there are many reasons, but one of them is people are looking for an enchantment in the world. To have a world that is just flat and mechanical I think there's something about that that the average person doesn't really believe in. And I think they look for the kind of animating spirit of a thing. And I think conspiracy theories are a way of providing that. There's a, there's a, a prime mover behind the events that we see, um, you know, whether it's like the World Economic Forum or whoever, you know. And the thing is, I'm not saying these things are false either. But mm. the reason I think people are so willing to believe it is because they expect there to be some kind of order in the madness. Yeah, well, a lot of it comes down to escapism. Life is very hard for, for so many people at the moment, uh, you know, um, <clears throat> uh, in all sorts of ways and has been, you know, for, for a number of years uh, um, since the pandemic. And, and uh, 
um, there has to be an escapism and there's, you know, people need to think and look beyond their lives and, and, and think there's something more and, and uh, you know, and, and be able to make sense of things somehow, things that don't seem to make sense in a world where truth it seems very slippery and, and <clears throat> it's very difficult to know who's lying to you and who's not and uh and 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 to keep a grip of reality it's uh people seek order definitely yeah they seek some semblance of order and some some sort of meaning behind you know what's why are we here what you know and and what's the purpose of, of all this and conspiracies theories can can fill that hole for people um and also it looks like there's some really dodgy stuff going on it does, yeah. There's the, it, when people behave in a, a dishonest, dodgy way at, at uh, in public figures at the highest level, which they do. You know, you have to believe that there's there's some pretty pretty dark stuff happening yeah. behind the scenes somewhere. Um, well, let's let's take a look at some of these things, shall we? Because the Guardian uh, put out this survey. They they've done a survey, or someone had done a survey. Uh, and if we scroll down, then you see the uh, chart in there. So yeah, this is conspiracy belief among the UK public. And this is just remarkable, right? So for a, a series of uh, conspiracies, uh, 32% of the British public believe the Great Replacement Theory is probably or definitely true. 19% uh, don't know. And uh, about 48% say uh, probably or definitely false. That's really, really high uptake on that. Yeah. Uh, the 15-minute cities... It's uh, uh, 33% think it's definitely or probably true, and about a similar percentage for don't know and definitely false, uh, that terrorism is some sort of cover-up, as in the UK government and media are involved in the conspiracy to cover up information about UK terror attacks. Uh, again, 34% say probably or definitely true. I mean, it depends how far you take the term cover-up, really, doesn't it? I mean... Let's let's take uh, the Nottinghamshire police's reporting on the recent attack that happened there. Sure. The, not, yeah. Well, not, when when they sit on so much information, yeah. it's uh, you, you you can't help but feel that there's something untowards going on, and and um, um, you think, hang on, you release so much information about the victims, mm. and and nothing about the perpetrator. You know, there's a degree to which it's an ongoing investigation, but. It, you know, <laughs> I don't. I, I. I don't believe that. That's the reason. It's very difficult to believe that's the reason why we haven't been given more information yes. uh, regarding the nature of the attack and and the the attacker. There seems it's there almost, are political political correctness reasons, right? Well, there are those, but and it it, it it's it's un, it's almost undeniable that you know that there, there is something. <laughs> There is something beyond this, and that there is some state control mm. <laughs> across the mainstream media saying, hey, "Well, you know what's," and of course they know. They yeah. know, they know what's happened. They have the information, and they're not they're not putting it forward. And you think, okay, so uh, who uh, who who has that control of you? That's that that's holding you back. Who's restricting you and censoring you? And who made the executive decision? Yeah. Where's, where's that coming from? And of course, all these people turning up in their burgundy um, suits as well. This 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 kind of uh, this security force, which none of us have ever heard of before. I've not heard of this. What is this? 
I, I can't remember what they're called, but this uh, this sort of team of um, this, this sort of security team, and they're all dressed. Can you, can in, you pull this up, John? Uh, in in burgundy, uh, some burgundy security. security uniforms, and it's it's sort of a, a cross a cross network of people from the police and the fire really? brigade and and, and, um, uh, um, and the NHS and uh, um, the various people in um, who who've been uh, who are part of this strange uh, yeah this strange security uh, operation. Uh, it's quite widely reported in. Um, in the newspapers, I, I I can't remember what they were called. It was something like a national, um, national inter, inter security. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, I was just going to pull it up. It's very odd. They just it turned up, pitched in the newspaper, right. and suddenly the newspaper not giving us any information about the, the attack, but newspapers say, oh well, who are this new? Secu- uh, you know, the security uh, team, and what are they about? And, Wherever they come from, suddenly there was all this information. Hang on, we've never seen or heard of these yeah. people before. <laughs> so it seemed very odd. Um, suddenly they just popped up. It was widely, yeah, it was widely reported. I, um, I saw it at Times and the Telegraph. All right, we'll, we'll find uh, it later. So uh, anyway, yeah. moving on. Sure. Uh, again, 33% believe the cost of living crisis is a government plot to control the public, uh, with only 10% not sure on this one. Uh, much much fewer people on the fence there. For uh, lots of people, though, you know, like fifty eight percent of the public are like, no, no, definitely not, probably not. Mm. Like, hmm, is it probably not though? And uh, the again, thirty percent believe the Great Reset theory uh, that the World Economic Forum is an initiative uh, is a conspiracy to impose a totalitarian world government. Well, I wonder why people would believe that. You know, even on a very basic level, if if you've come through the pandemic, if, you, yeah. if you've been online, if you've been yeah. on, on on, if you watch TV news, if you've listened to the radio, on a very basic level, you've seen, you've heard a lot of high level political figures, all of them using the same expression: "Build back better, build back yeah. better." What's going on here? Why are you all saying these same? Can't be a these same words. Well, yeah. this is weird. Um, well, let, let, let's have a look at some of the evidence that may be making people think that something funny is going on. Mm. Uh, in the case of 15-minute cities, I mean, Oxford, Bristol, Canterbury, and Sheffield councils have all said, yes, we're going to become 15-minute cities. So it's another win for the conspiracy theorists, I guess. Mm. Like, if, if you're going to do this, you're going, it's going to be official government policy in these local areas. Uh, you can't really blame people for believing that's what you're doing. If anything, it makes the mm. two-thirds who don't believe it look like bizarre denialists who, for some reason, don't agree that the councils are doing what they say they're doing. It? Yeah, it's it, it's it's a very it's it's a peculiar time to introduce such an <coughs> initiative. Anyway, you think with with yeah with so many other priorities that seem to be <laughs> incredibly pressing. I mean. You know, it'd be nice to have access to any sort of functioning health service for people, wouldn't it? And uh, <laughs> um, either on a on a on a public or private level, to be honest, it'd be there's, nice if if anyone had any ex- access to any medical professionals. There's going to be a hospital within 15 minutes, but the queue is about 15 hours. Well, it looks like it's got a hospital sign on the outside. It says <laughs> NHS hospital. Once you get in the building, yeah, find yourself in a. a 
a, a quite a Kafkaesque dystopian nightmare of people who don't have anything useful to tell you and just seem to want to waste your time and then send you off crying. That's about it. That's that, all you get from the NHS. That is a fair point. But at least you didn't have to walk very far to get into the Kafkaesque. That's thing, true. Right? So you have to be grateful for that. Yeah. But the thing is, after after the lockdowns, I mean, am I being excessively cynical to say that, look, these 15-minute cities are going to be like, isn't everything convenient? And then eventually you're not allowed to leave them. Am I yeah. being cynical? I don't think I'm being cynical. Well, no, so you, and, and it's easy to buy into that because the drift towards authoritarianism is, is undeniable. <laughs> I mean, you <laughs> they know, did just lock us all in our houses. We've, we've been locked, we were in lockdown for two years. Lockdown for yeah. two years, you know, lockdown, that's, that's prison, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's prison um, conditions yes. uh, um, and that's authoritarianism. And, um, you know, that, that, that's... Uh, as it, it's, it's extreme as it's it, an extreme end of authoritarianism as well actually and um you know uh so uh things like this don't seem seem mild in comparison so in fact actually despite what i said a moment ago what a perfect time to introduce such things you know so oh, that's well whatever, yeah, yeah, that's... whatever it is it's not as extreme as lockdown so fair enough we'll have it oh god uh, we'll accept the dystopian future because it was slightly less dystopian than the recent past. That's it. There's a lot of people, <laughs> things people will, will accept in comparison to lockdown, aren't there? Yeah. So then the next one being the Great Reset. Now, where could people have got this crazy idea from? That there was some cabal of world leaders who planned to reset the entire world economy under yeah. the leadership of a German Bond villain called Klaus Schwab. Yeah, well... He's he's not doing great on public relations. He needs a new PR team, Klaus, doesn't he? He's not um well the world's most liked or trusted man, that's for sure. Well, that 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 should really make you think, right? Do they need a PR team? A PR team yeah. is for when the public's opinion actually matters. Yeah. Does anyone feel like they're getting any input in this? True, <laughs> true. Well, there's uh, there's a lot of well, very incredibly wealthy, powerful people involved in. In this, whatever it is, this this forum where they all meet up on, in, in in luxury resorts on their private jets and and you know have these these seemingly empty uh, empty give these seemingly empty speeches and presentations and then who knows what goes on behind the scenes. Um, it's uh, yeah, a bit uh, concerning, isn't it? I mean, the, the Guardian, going back, just very quickly, a quote from mm. that Guardian article. Conspiracy theories often develop out of real-world problems and anxieties. For example, rising interest rates and inflation, which reduce affluence and leave families struggling, can fuel the belief that powerful forces are deliberately plotting to impoverish certain sections of society. Uh, the World Economic Forum's slogan is, you will own nothing. They literally say, you will own nothing and you'll be happy. Mm. I mean, I'm just saying the messaging seems to imply that the public actually have a much firmer grasp on these things than the average Guardian columnist. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's about uh, agendas. It's about, you know, what, uh, who's, who's funding yeah. the Guardian. And, you know, good luck to them because they're not getting much funding. So yeah. let, let's go on to the more contentious ones. Uh, the Great Replacement. Mm. Uh, the Westerners are being replaced in their own towns and cities. Uh, from the 2021 census, Callum had a nose through and just found areas that are just zero percent English in England. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, 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 there's no doubt. There's no doubt. Um, happens uh, is happening and has happened over 
since since the Blair era, really, uh, yep. an incredible incredible rate that we've become um, uh, culturally enriched, and um, uh, we've become a, a a very 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 multicultural country. There's no yeah. there's no denying that. Um, so multicultural. And, there are areas of England where there's just no room for the English, and and whether that you know. You know, you can get on board with that and say, I'm fine with that. But, but my problem is, is the, the, the lies behind it, uh, the political lies and, and uh, you know, a government telling us we're doing everything we can to stop these boats. We're doing this, oh. we're doing that. We're, we've got this Rwanda policy. We're stopping this. This is our main priority. And it isn't. You're doing nothing about it. And that's if you admitted to that. Mm. And we're honest and open about it and said, listen, this is the direction we're going in. We're letting these people in. We think it's going to be a real positive for the nation in the future. And, you know, they're all doctors and engineers anyway. Uh, So we'll all have to get on board with it. And don't forget to vote for us at the next election. If they, you know, if they are honest about it, I I might, I wouldn't have a problem. But don't, don't tell us flagrant lies about we're on top of this you're about to get impromptu we, machete surgery we, from this doctor from the congo we've <laughs> no idea how any of this happened we don't know how these people got here yeah. don't know how this started happening but, when you realize it's got out of control we're on top of it don't we not but the boat migrants aren't the reason that uh the the five largest cities in england are majority non-english now they're not yeah. the problem they're not the reason for that it's literally the government allowing over a million people a year to come and live in the country, they're giving them yeah. visas. Like they're just stamping, yes, yes, approved, approved. Mm. But the, the visa stamping machine must be running 24 7 to process this many visas. Like yeah. it's like, you, you know, you can say, well, it's a conspiracy or it's not a conspiracy. But the reality is the English are the minority in London, Luton, Leicester, like Birmingham, like mm. all of these, ma- you know, what major ancient English cities are now mostly non English. I mean, let's, yeah. let's go over to Newcastle. And find mm. out what the top priorities politically of the people of Newcastle Central are. Number one is quote democracy in Pakistan. <laughs> what? Yeah. What? Fifty-seven percent. <laughs> oh no, sorry, fifty-seven out of two hundred forty-seven. They were like, "Yeah, I'm mm. really interested in saving democracy in Pakistan." Okay. Average yeah. Newcastle complaints. <laughs> your average Geordie's just on the town he's like god I hope democracy in Pakistan's alright yeah. as he's glugging his pints are you fucking serious the next one is quote action for Palestine again traditionally typical Geordie concern is yeah. the plight of the Palestinians it's just and then the third one is back onshore wind so, okay mm. just alright <laughs> just yeah it's uh, it's it's bizarre it's um takes on a surreal quality and yes you know the the, the concern is is the the vetting process and and the there has to be some value to coming to live here this is this is people's home and and people's home that they've they've made their home all their lives or even if if they've only if they've been here 20 years it's people's homes and they they pay their taxes and they invest in this country and they work um and if there's no vetting process, if it's if it's very easy for anyone hmm. to come over, then there's no respect. How could there be any respect or for for this nation, for this country, from from these people? You know, <clears throat> to a large extent, you know, if you're an economic migrant, which the vast majority of people who want to come here here are, they want to come and make some money, and that that's fine. But there has to be. Beyond that, there has to be a respect and, and a, 
for for this nation and and a, an affection mm. for this country as well. Um, Which I don't really see. I, no, they, there seems to be only cynicism. It seems to be, I'm going to come in, mm. I'll make money, I'll bring my family over, or I'll send the money back to my family and, and I'll go. Yeah. I'll, 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 um, maybe I'll return home. But, but it I, it's it's got to be more than a, a an economic hub for people to, to kind of, you know. To, to it would be nice if it was, wouldn't it? We used to have a country, now we have an economic zone. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's uh, you know, it's it. It's just about uh, the trouble is when when a, a populace doesn't have respect for the the country they're living in, or or a admiration, or a care for it, a care for looking after it, or or or, or improving it, then things can only go downhill. And have we not seen the decline everywhere we go? Yeah, ab- ab- absolutely. It's um, it, it's it's visible every every town centre in this this country. The, the decline is palpable and and um, uh, and intimidating. Actually, you know, um, um, and and very sad. But not you know, in every in a, every every sort of public public sphere as well. And every you know the, any. Any services that you know people might want once have taken pride in working working for the NHS and and uh, you know and working in schools or or that pe- people don't take pride in their jobs or 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 pride in in their nationhood really um, and it's sad it's sad but that's that's an inevitable consequence of making life here cheap mm. cheap and easy citizenship cheap and easy. Oh, I totally um, agree. So uh, one progressive professor has thoughts on this. Uh, professor David Andres. Can you hover over his bio a second? I can't remember where he was from. Uh, he, uh, he says in his bio. Uh, no, he doesn't. But he's a professor. He's got a small online following. He says, this is horrifying. A third of the public completely lost to reason, believing in plot myths which have racism at their heart. Hey, it's the cost of living crisis. Average racist conspiracy theory. <laughs> 15-minute oh cities. The Great Reset. Barely more than a quarter understanding that these things are absolutely false. Yeah, but are they false? Absolutely, actually. Well, it, it comes back to the same thing for me. It's, it's, it's critical thinking being uh, misrepresented by people in a very negative derogatory way as being Conspiracy theory, or or far rights, or racism, or mm. you know, um, just being or, dismissed, or, or mental illness. But no, it's it's fundamental to democracy, the free exchange of ideas, and and that's how you you know we're in a healthy state. We're all free. It's mm. this free exchange of ideas and critical thinking. You know, it's it, it feels like there's this progressive agenda of discouraging people to think for themselves i know this is it this these these are the truths this is what's good this is what's bad and if you step outside of that you're a appalling dreadful human being you're far right you're a racist mm. you're a conspiracy theorist you're a mad person um uh, well one of the things which is, it's very it's scary really isn't it yeah but one of the things that they the, the reason this exists just in the first place is because none of their explanations actually have explanatory power as to why the world is getting worse and not better. 
Like, it, you know, if everything they said was true, the world would be getting better, but it's not. It's getting tangibly worse. Well, there's there's a reason why they, they want to shut, shut down debates and shut down free expression of ideas is because their own ideas and values are, are built on uh, foundations that are less than solid. Um, Very true. You know. Well, we'll leave that one there and move on to the third thing I wanted to talk about today, uh, which is the Empire of Pride. Have you pledged allegiance to the rainbow flag today? I, I've been, I've been, it's been a, a big part of my life this month. I, it's everywhere I go. It's all I see. Um, and, uh, you know, I've got, I feel like I've seen so many rainbows this, this month. It's like when you're driving on the motorway for a few hours and you stop driving, but you still see <laughs> yeah. the rain. All I, I feel like I've got rainbows everywhere. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, um, and, and, you know, good good luck to everybody. Be be who you want to be. Do one what you want to do within the within the, you know the reasonable bounds. Within reasonable bounds, as long as you're not hurting anyone else. As long as it's not um, conflicting with with you know what's what's desirable. What we all need as a society collectively. And do what you want to do. Be who you want to be. And, and um, it takes incredible bravery to to. To stand up and, uh, uh, and and say this is how I want to live, um, and we're all okay with it. You know what, what you do with that, with consenting adults or in a in your own home, whatever you want to do, it's fine. But oh, we don't care. It's of no consequence. The rest of us, we're trying to pay our mortgage. Do we? Do we really need to uh, dethrone you know, the national flag though to honour the fact that you take it up the rear? The, uh, the idea of there being the the importance placed on this Pride Month is is the the idea that these people who who um, who who come out and are living like this are somehow incredibly deeply oppressed and and subject to extreme bigotry and violence and danger. Um, on a mass scale, that's the for me is the implication of this big push of mm. Pride Month, and that's that's not that's a lie. That's not true. This this country is very very liberal, very open, and very respectful uh, and tolerant, and of whatever people want to be. And we just you know, as long as it's not harming anyone else, you do and be what you want to be, and we support you with that. Um, but don't push this lie that we live in a, a country of hatred and, and bigotry and oppression and prejudice where uh, these people are being held down and, and uh, forced into miserable lives because of, of some sort of bigoted attitude of other people because that's not the country we live in and that's that's not, you know, uh, that's happening on a, a, a very small scale, certainly, uh, but... Uh, in wider society, it's it's the people live whatever life they want to live. But also, That's how it is. The, the more you impose what has become an ideological agenda, with mm. distinctive symbols, with distinctive a distinctive ethos, and a particular sort of chosen class, mm. like the you know when when the British were conquering their empire, it wasn't a coincidence that it was British people that received that, that were put in positions of in charge mm. that were administering the empire well it wasn't a coincidence and they symbolized and those people who joined them like so you, you had like a an indian administrative class underneath the british 
they, they symbolized themselves using the British flag. This was an, a, an imperial and ideological statement, an omission of intent. Mm. And it's no surprise that you get the similar sort of thing happening with the pride flag. It's just a different constituency that is being uh, taken care of, that is having the, the regime that they wish to have imposed. And this is not all gay people or all trans people or anything like that. Mm. This is a particularly uh, narrow band of progressive, ideologically mm. captured people who are using this to enforce their ideals on other people. Mm. That's where the problem, I think, really comes in. And I think this is why so many people are just like, no, we're just not having this. We're just going to start revolting against it, which we're gonna, we'll look at in a second. Uh, but if you want to support us, go and watch my book club on Evola's Revolt Against the Modern World, which honestly, at this point, I'm totally on board with. Just I hate modernity. <laughs> I just hate it. And... Uh, Evola, the, the, what, this is the second part because the book's divided in two halves. And in this one, he's talking about the cycle of civilizations. Right? Sure. And I think that's actually what we're starting to see play out now mm. against the Empire of Pride. You come in, you get the conquering force that's full of vim and takes over a, a place that isn't prepared to defend itself against it. And then you start getting people going, no, hang on a second. No. And then the, the energy flows and the cycle continues, like the wheel turns. Mm. And we're on the downswing for the empire of pride at the moment. I think it's in, in, in incredibly self-defeating to to have this this flag plastered literally everywhere, to have yeah. streets lined with this flag, to have it on, you know, every TV advert marketing on the internet. This flag everywhere, I think it's extremely self-defeating because historically that has very negative connotations to people. People see a flag plastered everywhere, the same flag. It's in their face day in, day out. That that doesn't have that doesn't have positive connotations well, for people. Let's look at some of that. Because we've we've covered the Imperial Pride flag recently, right? About a year ago we covered this. Because it, again, it was Pride Month and it was just literally everywhere. Mm. Like a gay army had marched in and started erecting these flags like the sure. when the Nazis invaded Austria, right? Mm. And it's just like, what is this? You know, this was in everyone's faces. And it's just it, it's just remarkable how many people are pledging allegiance to this flag over other flags. Like the, yeah. the first one, the Empire of Pride has conquered the capital of the United States. If we go to the next one, like you can say, just this Joe Biden or the the, the President Biden, uh, a Twitter account. America is a nation of pride. Yeah, I saw the video of him at the, speaking at that event. I think he was on an awful lot of meds that day. He, uh, oh yeah. He doesn't know where he is or who he is. Sure, but his know. handlers, whoever uses Twitter account, you know. Yeah, well, who who knows? Who knows what's going on there and what's happening behind the scenes? Because he he doesn't know where he's coming or going. I'm sure he's distracted by all the lovely colours in the flag, but. But the, you can yeah. see, like, okay, for 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 a for a comparison, Andrew, what do you think you would have to have or have to achieve for Biden to display your flag? at the White House. If you created a flag, how how much effort do you think it is to get Biden to display it? Could you do it? Is there a possibility of it happening? Well, I'd have to have some real dirt on him. I'd have to have something <laughs> really... Probably something to do with Hunter Biden's laptop. It's probably something to do with Hunter, wouldn't it? But some then, proper, real... At the, at the bloody White House to fly a flag that isn't the American flag. Like, that is yeah. mad that this has gone this far. Yeah, I it's just self-defeating because it 
it doesn't reflect the the values of most uh, uh, people. most uh, of, of of gay people. I would say, or most trans people either. Or, or sure, but it, it it really doesn't. They just want to get on with their lives and, sure. and quietly and do what they want to do. Be want to be. Yeah. Want to be. There's, there's this 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 kind of um, very very angry sort of uh, campaign. Yeah, it's an aggressive um, campaign, isn't it? Because it's it's the, the it's underpinned by this idea of victimhood, hmm. and and uh, um, we're terribly oppressed and discriminated against and held back, and it's like, well, no one really believes it. Well, it, it's uh, it, it's not true. It's not true. You're supported, but if you can make it true, hmm. if you can make people believe that, there's all sorts of benefits, and and also you're your rights become elevated above the rights of other people, don't they? Well, that's the problem. I mean, if mm. you go to the next one, you can see that Biden has uh, given many speeches, pledging allegiance to uh, what he calls, quote, transgender Americans, which seems <laughs> seems unkind, in my opinion. I disavow for YouTube. Um, but uh, if we go to the next one, you can see that they, they just put out all of this propaganda all the time. Uh, that's not the one I was looking for, but uh, it's fine. Uh, they, they put out, you know, various videos and whatnot on the White House uh, web pages just saying, you know, oh, well, you know, we are totally, totally, that's fine. Don't, don't worry, we'll move on to the next one. So in Britain, we've pledged allegiance to the pride flag too. That's Callum. Oh, here we go. This is the White House lit up in pride. Again, what if you had a political movement, what would you have to do to get them to do this? It, it, you can't even think. How, how would I get? The, the president of the United States to beam my flag onto the White House and put this video out. Well, there's there's two two things on it. It's either there's dirt on him, but also or there's money. It, it's whoever's funding the uh, the democratic uh, the, the democratic um, maybe big elect- gays upcoming electoral campaign. There's, uh, but I think funding, I th- isn't it? I think it's ideological. I think it's about yeah. belief. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think these people uh, are in a, in an ideology that this takes on the aspect of a, of a religion, a sort of an imperial religion. Like this is kind of like Islam, progressive Islam mm-hmm. for me. And so we've got like, you know, all sorts of demonstrations of faith, you know, in the same way that uh, like ISIS would put up their flags and would have their sacred scriptures and things yeah. like that. Uh, this is how it looks to me. Um, but like I said, in Britain, we pledge allegiance to the pride flag too. Yeah. On the police. <laughs> Doesn't bother me at all. Uh, if you go to the next one, it's just Pride Flag everywhere, literally everywhere. Yeah. Don't you just love uh, watching the Beef Eaters uh, on parade under the Pride Flag? Yeah. Guys, just makes you feel so patriotic. And these traffic lights have been uh, oh, yeah. been been there for a while as well. Yeah. It's, it's not a, no, they're not new. a new thing. They're kind of year-round. Yep. Uh, no. I mean, just literally you can't go for a walk and sit down without just, it, no. as you said, literally everywhere. And God yeah. forbid you go on the underground in London. Like, can you even just the garishness? It's uh, it's extreme. Are you gay uh, and, yet? <laughs> an incredible amount of money's been spent. Yeah, incredible amount, in- extraordinary amount of money's been spent at a time when, <laughs> when oh, heaven knows there are, <laughs> there are things that need money spent on it. It probably isn't but, this. You know, yeah. um, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's nice to see a splash of colour about the place. It's nice not everything's grey all the time, but. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's extreme and it's, um, 
you know, it, it, it's pushing a, a false agenda. Mm. You know, that's that's my problem is, is uh, you know, be who you want to be, do what you want to do, but don't tell me lies. Don't, yeah. you know, don't don't pretend that this is this horrendous, bigoted, oppressive country that, you know, hates and discriminates and is violent towards gay people and trans people. Because Where, where's the evidence? It, it, it isn't. And, and, you know, the majority of... of uh, of gay people, I'm sure would agree with that, and, mm. and you know, absolutely tearing their hair out when they see all this stuff. And I'm sure it's infuriating, infuriating if you if you happen to be a gay person just trying to get on with your life to have yeah. this this to be lumped in with these these extremists. Again, it is, and it's a narrow band as well. It's a very narrow, very progressive political yeah. activist class yeah. that is benefiting from this. They they are the ones in control here. They're the ones with the reins of power. Uh, this isn't like the average gay person, right? Um, but this, it's the one at Regent Street that, that got me really, again, they just got my goat, man. Like, that to me looks like the symbol of conquest, right? Yeah, it's, it's uh, it, it definitely makes you feel uneasy looking at it. It looks, it's... Uh, Something is occupying very, our country. Very sinister overtones. Yes. And so I, they, they leave a link with this because they posted this out proudly. You know, oh, we're, we're so proud yeah. to have this. And so they explain where these flags come from. Uh, they're created by Americans. And they begin in America. And for some reason, central London's like, yeah, we need an American flag, a, f a flag that is made by Americans uh, to be flown. Um, but this this latest one is actually a, a new innovation um, uh, created by someone called uh, Valentino. Sorry, you can go to the next one. Uh, Valentino Vacelletti, typical British name. Um, that uh, th so this this particular one with the circle in it, mm. which apparently represent insects. People uh, have put that up, um, and eventually, like it's surely just going to keep going then, right? So they've got a flag that they recognize and continually modify. I mean, this Valentino person says, I created the insects inclusion on the pride flag to bring my community joy and to create greater allyship and support for people with insects variations in the wider LGBT plus community. And so they tell us flags are important to cultural symbols. Mm. That's right. And I cannot wait to walk along Regent street while be, while it's adorned with its beautiful flags knowing how much joy they will bring me did like there are, there are surely other political movements where the leaders of those political movements would have said something very similar. Right. Yeah. Well, I love a Twitter profile and, uh, he's told, told me everything <laughs> I need to know. I love it when there's, they've got 10 different jobs in their, in their profile. He's an intersex yeah. columnist, an artist, presenter, consultant, TV, for film and theater. Oh, so you're not very Failed good at artist. anything. You're not very good at anything, so you know you've spread yourself over all the across all this stuff just to try. <laughs> all I'm saying is, this is a failed artist with a political flag uh, that's adorning the streets in the background. Mm. I'm just saying this has happened before. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just saying. Well, he's even got the dodgy moustache as well. <laughs> yes, yeah. indeed. Uh, right, so if, I mean, like I said, this this keeps changing, so it'll eventually end up in this. We have the latest, the, the, this literally uh, some LGBT network. I mean, can you imagine anything more horrific to look at? One day that's going to be lining the streets. 
yeah, it, it, it feels slightly hypnotic. And again, that's quite <laughs> quite off-putting as well. So, my goodness. <laughs> it is a raw assault on the senses, but it is yeah. also the logical conclusion of where this goes. But the point uh, that people make is that flags mean things, right? There's a purpose behind a flag. It's a symbol mm. of a message. We get the next one. <clears throat> uh Nope, there's one before that as well, John, but that's okay. Uh, the, the point of flags is that they are statements of ideological dominion. These are the things we believe. This is the ruling moral order of the place in which you're in. Mm. And this is why people are posting pictures like this, saying, look, if you have a particular ideological agenda, you put up the flag of that agenda. And so there's no particular difference between the pride flag and any other ideological flag that takes the place of national flags. Of course, it's an instant association you make in in your mind. You can't do anything like But then no. you think it's it's so, so self-defeating and it's such an obvious association. You think, is, is there something else behind it? Surely you must have known that <laughs> when you put all this stuff up. You must have known the association people were going to make. So what's the what's the deal with that? Because surely you must know that self-defeating. Everyone's going to look at that and instantly think of yeah, other ideological thing, yeah. conquests that so, have happened. So is this purposely self-defeating? And what, if so, I, why? Because I can't. It's difficult to believe anyone would be that foolish not to make that association before going ahead with this. Well, I mean. I don't know. So I'm just going to defer to the workman who put these flags up. Because this video went around the other day yeah. and uh, it really does summarise exactly how I feel about it. Let's just watch. You're taking the wrong f***ing flag down, mate. I don't know that. Could that be more symbolic? Yeah, it's very... It, it's worrying to see people going along with things they don't agree with. I mean, but look at it, though. Like, literally, putting up all these mm. ideological flags and yeah. just dropping the British flag. And the guy, yeah. the, the Londoners doing it... Obviously, old-fashioned Londoners who are just like putting up the wrong flag. He's like, "Don't you yeah. think I know that?" It's like, "Then why are you doing yeah. it?" Well, well, this is it. He's like so many people. He's got you know a mortgage or a family to support. Yeah. He's going along with this stuff. He knows is wrong, yeah. and it, there there are millions others like him. Yeah, and and that's that that's the real cause source of, source of concern for me, and and the consequence of that is this this very poisonous dishonest culture but like say he knows it's wrong right mm. he knows it's wrong um mm. anyway let's uh let's move on you got people like lawrence fox who are uh, in total objection to this uh who are just like look you should just tear this flag down now we're not advocating any uh call to action here uh this is lawrence fox's uh, opinion but uh i don't think his description of it's wrong uh the this flag segregates down racial and sexual lines Purity of certain identity groups, experimentation and mutilation of children, support for homophobia, ideology over nationality. I mean, there's it's not necessarily wrong at all. Um, no. But and so there there are people who are. I mean, it's very bluntly put. But, oh, he's gone in hard, but he's recovering from surgery at the moment, so he's probably quite irritable. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah, yeah. Get, get well soon, Lawrence. We get to the next one. 
uh, you can see that um, people are starting to just uh, get sick of it. Uh, three men on CCTV were caught uh, just tearing down gay pride flags at the historic mm. Stonewall National mm. Monument in Greenwich Village. Uh, they just tore it down. They're sick of it. I mean, you know, I'm sure they were just uh, average MAGA chuds who just hate gay people. Um, but the police are on it, obviously. Police are still lo- looking to track down the vandals. That's right. This is this is what the New York Police Department is concerned with. We've got no greater issues in New York. Mm. Someone vandalized a pride flag. I mean, the New York Police only solve about thirty percent of all crimes. It's quite good if you compare <laughs> them to UK police. Well, compared to the Met, yeah. If you go to yeah. the next one, you can compare to, compared to the Met. That does sound good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but that's not great, is it? Um, but va- <laughs> vandalize a pride flag, they're going to be right on it. Get mugged or shot, well, there's a much lower chance. Of course, yeah. But the point is, this is only contentious because the ideology itself controls our country. You know, the, the state, the police, the courts, none mm. of them would bat an eyelid if you tore down the flag of an ideology that wasn't ruling the country. If you burned a Nazi flag, burn a Soviet flag, no one's going to care. Mm. Burn an American flag, burn a British flag, no one's going to care. Burn a pride flag and it's a hate crime. So people, like I said, are revolting against the empire of pride. Uh, At one school, a bunch of students uh, tore down the the pride stuff and just chanted, USA are my pronouns. But that's very interesting, isn't it? Because instead of saying we're straight, they said we're Americans. Isn't that interesting? Because that shows you how this is a sort of different nationality they feel is being imposed upon them. You know, if yeah. if the response to this is to assert not their sexual identity but their national identity, that shows you in which way that the the pride empire is approaching them as a conquering foreign power and not something that is a part of themselves. And so they assert their their national identity in response, which I think is very interesting. And uh, the free market is starting to realise that the backlash is coming and maybe it's not a good thing for them. Uh, the Guardian put up an article of all of the companies that refused uh, or have taken down their Pride merch uh, in Pride Month. If you scroll through this very quickly, uh, it's quite a lot, actually. You just, just scroll down. You'll just you just oh, keep, going. Ubiquitous, keep going. Keep yeah. going, because it's quite long. Just keep absolutely. going. That's, you're still only in A's, John. Keep going. Yeah, absolutely <laughs> like, ubiquitous. Yeah, mm-hmm. there are loads of them that are just like, eh, maybe everyone hates this Pride stuff because it's weird and foreign and we shouldn't have been imposing it on them. Um, and uh, what's interesting, though, just to finish this up quickly, if you go to the next one, uh, Starbucks actively banned Pride decorations in their stores, which went down like an absolute lead balloon with the online Twitter mob, as you might expect, um, because people obviously don't like it. I mean, I love the way they frame this. Mm. Like, the company's workers union cl- claimed on Tuesday that it banned Pride decorations in stores halfway through Pride Month. Mm. But halfway through gay Ramadan? How could they? How dare they? Yeah, it's interesting because Starbucks historically have a reputation of, of unbelievably huge, hugely supportive of LGBTQ community, and 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 uh, and and you know that's somewhere where you you'd work if you were you you go and work if you were a member of LGBTQ, and they'd actively seek to give people jobs from those oh, yeah. communities, and that's that that's their historical reputation. So. It's yeah. It's um. Mm-hmm. It's fascinating that it comes from. That's where it comes from. But it's. Do you know why? Well, they the so now I I think that there's essentially a sort of free market backlash to this. Mm. Like if you look at the Miller uh, the Bud Light thing, yeah. Where people are just like, no, we're just not having it. We're just not having it. We are actually going to boycott. Yeah. Um, I think that a lot of people are just uh, getting to the point where it's like, no, I'm not. I'm I'm just not having it. 
And uh, but there's there's internal reasons as well, right? Employees at a Maryland store were told that some people felt excluded by Pride decorations. Mm. Posts on Reddit that did not indicate the location showed that other workers were also told that some customers considered Pride decor to be exclusionary. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It's actively exclusionary mm. because there's nothing on it for straight people. Like, it will be inclusion inclusive when you have straight Pride on the Pride flag. Yeah, well, you, I think you'd walk past there and think, oh, I'm not allowed to near this month. Okay. I can't come back in August. So it, they are right. It's an exclusive ideological empire, and people are just openly in revolt against it at this point. Um, yeah. Good. You don't have to cooperate with this. This doesn't have to be the way our civilization is. Uh, you can just be normal. Yeah. Anyway, let's leave it there and go to the video comments. Carl, of course, remakes are bad and reboots are bad. Everyone gets that. But could you imagine if they had Tucker Carlson as Mulder, how much more awesome it would be to see every single lefty freakout? Every episode, there'd be a new freakout for you to just dig your teeth into. Yeah, but Tucker's way too old to play Fox Mulder in X-Files. I don't know why that's come up. <laughs> and the, the trouble is, if, the, if they do... Any any bad remake of something you like, it ruins the original for you. That's the trouble. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It is, it is insufferable as well. Because it also, it's just like, okay, why don't you make a new story? But yeah, we could, but really lazy and talentless. <laughs> yeah. So, you know. I mean, yeah. Disney at the moment is literally just recycling their entire back catalogue with live versions that everyone hates. Yeah, yeah, with, a, with, a, with an agenda, yeah. Live yeah. versions with an agenda. Um yeah, the latest one, The Little Mermaid, which uh, yeah, I think uh, I'm right in saying is really tanked. And, uh, um, you know, my seven-year-old daughter you know, is very happy to take her to see it. Um, she's seen the original 19, 1989 cartoon, The Little Mermaid, and I showed her the trailer for the new one. I said, do you want to go and see The Little Mermaid? And she said, that's not The Little Mermaid. <laughs> Oof. You know, that's what she said. <laughs> yeah. Um, and she didn't want to go and see it. Uh, so there you go. Very fair. Let's get to the next one. Possibly. Broken somehow. Tony D and we Scurvy Joan here with another tale of pirates in South Jersey. According to Weird New Jersey and William McMahon's book in 1698... Kid went ashore with one of his crew, Timothy Jones, to bury treasure, but he and Jones got into a fight and Kid killed him, then moved the treasure and buried him with it. They say Jones's ghost guards the treasure. Who knows where the treasure is now? Timothy Jones knows. So uh, Tony has been sending us these videos about buried treasure. He used to do ones about haunted houses. Uh, which were honestly always entertaining. Yeah. But uh, the ones about buried treasure, I feel that might actually be uh, more useful. So uh, all I'm saying is, you know, apparently there's a list of buried treasure out there. Let's uh, get right. the next one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was going to make a few videos this month, but unfortunately due to technical issues, I won't be able to. The computer that I use to edit videos has currently broken down. So unfortunately I had to use this creepy quality computer. Updates. I want to briefly mention the party that I joined last year, the Liberal Democratic Party of Australia, has currently changed its name to the Libertarian Party of Australia. This new 
that the shirt that I'm currently wearing is currently out of date. So as a gesture of thanks, I thought I'd send this shirt to you guys. Thanks. Has it arrived yet? No, not yet, but it's coming all the way from Australia. Um, But, you know, I mean, a libertarian party in Australia, considering they lock down harder than almost everywhere else. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like they need one, right? It does. Doesn't it sound like there'd be some demand for it? Yeah. Jesus. But uh, good luck with that. Anyway, so uh, we've got some comments. Uh, Russian Garbage Human says, Oh my God, Andrew, so good to have you on the show. Shame I can't watch live as I'm in the office today. Fantastic title card for the podcast also. Uh, love your content. Keep it up. Very much enjoyed it through the pandemic. And now, thank you. Thank you. It's very nice of you. Alex yeah. says, Huzzah, Andrew's characters were a much needed bit of levity and a spotlight on the powers that be during the lockdown. I cherish the updates, <laughs> uh, updates from uh, Keith, uh, word that I'm not going to say on the podcast. We're trying to keep it family friendly. Uh, who always got right to the nub of the matter. And uh, George says, Gracie Aaron and Drew Lawrence here as channels become equal parts comedy and sharp political commentary. Mm. Uh, Matt says, uh, sorry, SH Silver says, so a scare piece about Carl that was half the people in town were convinced to believe what he was saying within a year. What a ringing endorsement for his ideas. Uh, yeah, I know, right? I mean, honestly, I like, oh, like I've radicalized half the <laughs> Yeah. I don't think I have, but that would be, that'd be a result. Uh, Russ says, uh, would you be able to take the BBC to court for slander, Carl? Then again, I know our court's very bent against anyone labeled far right, uh, but it would be funny if BBC got the Aquila treatment. Um, that would be funny. Uh, I'm I'm just uh, putting in the, the complaints as a normal person would do. And ultimately, I think I want the podcast taken down. You're just lying about me. It has to be taken down. I'd yeah. like a public retraction as well. Uh, Saying, yeah. actually, no, we did tell a lie and another lie and another lie, and we made up an event. Uh, yeah. We're sorry. That's what I want. I think it's totally reasonable to ask for that, right? I think so. And if I don't get that, then I'll be considering legal action. Which I, I think is reasonable. I think it's fair, yeah. And uh, I, I think, uh, as we spoke about earlier, the whole thing comes from a sort of sort of ethos of privilege and entitlement with this this woman thinking she can, her, she has her values and she can say what she likes about anyone who doesn't share them, whether it be true or not. And uh mm. That's not journalism. No, and in fact, Diogenes makes a great point here. If all it took was talking to someone about why free speech is important to radicalise people, then maybe free speech is important. Fair point. Yes. Uh, Michael says, uh, so this idiot doesn't like that you made fun of Nazis? No, no, they don't. They, they're really weird about it, actually. <laughs> really precious about the Nazis. Uh, Totnes, so right-wing they elected a green councillor, says Nathan. Mm. It is a bit strange, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and uh, yeah, the whole thing is uh, yeah bizarre and uh, uh, very difficult to take seriously. Well, that's that's the point, isn't it? It's it, like in like 2015, 2016, maybe this would be taken more seriously, mm. but now it feels kind of anachronistic, right? It, it feels like we've been down this road before a lot, a lot of times with a lot of different people, and I think uh, the trick doesn't work on work on people anymore anyone who's with a, with a degree of, uh, of yeah of, of being able to think for themselves who's uh you know relatively media savvy can can see through this sort of uh these sort of very insidious lies yeah it's, it's so obvious yeah anyway um base tape says i noticed the way the mainstream way of writing someone off as a conspiracy theorist uh, is to state a totally legitimate thing that is openly provable and then disregard it by giving a, it, a, it a ridiculous definition. 
And this, he's got a great point here. As in, do you believe in the Great Reset? The belief that clockwork elves and space lizards are conspiring to steal all the world's bananas? That's so disingenuous. They must be in on it too. Dun, dun, dun. And that's yeah. exactly how they do it. It's like, oh, you believe... And, and, and they, they love to be like, ah, oh, it's anti-Semitism. So what are you talking about? Well, uh, I'm going to just frame what you've said as being against Jews. And it's like, yeah, but nobody said that. Oh, yeah, misrepresenting you, misquoting you. Yeah, they're, they're the, uh, the tools. Yep, yep. But no, he, he's absolutely right. They they essentially redefine you as being wrong, even though that wasn't what you said. Mm. Uh, Joan of Arc says, conspiracy theorist is becoming a useless term, as useless as racist, which is annoying when you're trying to talk about actual things. Totally true. Uh, Omar says, it's surprising how many conspiracies come from watching and listening to what politicians say and do. We've gone from disbelieve your lying eyes to literally disbelieve your politicians and what they explicitly said not more than a week ago. Yeah, there's a there's a great clip from John Trump where he's just like, well, they just started saying it in front of cameras. He just plays the clip of them, you know, saying you'll own nothing, you'll be happy and stuff like that. Yeah. It's like, yeah, why do people believe these crazy conspiracies? Well, in a, you know, in a in a world where none of us is quite quite sure what's true or not anymore, it's uh, it, conspiracy theories. You know, have to have to kind of re uh, reframe them as trying to cling on to your sanity. It's just. <laughs> an exploration and trying to work out what's real and what's not in a world where bombarded with conflicting information much of it much of it contrived yeah, yeah. Uh, Baron von Warhawk says a large part of the population thinks they're being replaced and that the government is covering for terrorists which I can't understand sure We've spent years telling the white people that they're evil, promoting mass migration, covering up the grooming gangs, and writing articles stating that the na native population being replaced is a good thing, but I just don't understand the hate coming from the population, say the BBC. Yeah, well... They do do all that. People don't like being lied to. Tell no. people the truth, they might, uh, they might have a slightly different attitude. Yeah. And uh, Jan says, uh, you'd think the dis disinformation specialist would make up something a bit harder to debunk. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't have a YouTube channel, but it's right there. Yeah. She obviously thought just the title disinformation specialist was enough to get people on board. Well, <laughs> everything she says is verified. Yeah. 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 Uh, Kevin says uh, today's conspiracy theories are next week's proven fact. That's another thing, isn't it? The, the time between insane conspiracy theory to government statement is getting narrower and yeah, narrower. Or the time between reprehensible you know, um, appalling uh, um, society uh, eroding uh, um, a conspiracy theory and, and factual government statement. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I, I just can't get over the lockdowns, to be honest. For me, that was definitely some sort of watershed moment where it's just like, they can't just lock us in our homes more than once. Mm. They can't do that. And they did. It's just the easiness with which people coalesce and, 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 uh, it's just people are so, you know, under so much pressure to support their families and, and keep a roof over their heads that, that uh, you know, state if a government wants to impose that level of control, it's, it's, it's easy to do. But once they've done it once, it becomes less Precedence. easy, perhaps. It becomes more difficult um, once people have experienced it and know that they've been betrayed and, and lied to and... Uh, see the cost of all that mm. get away with it twice if they try to lock us down do you, do you think if it had been uh sort of jeremy corbyn rather than boris johnson people would have gone along with it i don't know if it would have got as far as lockdown with, with uh jeremy corbyn we might yeah. have, <laughs> we might have all, 
be in a state of open civil war. Well, that's the, under his leadership anyway. Well, that's, <laughs> might, that's true. But you, you know what I mean, right? Consistent riots on the street, everything on fire. <laughs> yeah. But the thing is with Boris, like. It was obvious that this is kind of against his instincts, and so it came across yeah. like he was like, you know, I, "I hate to do it, but they're they're all they're, they're all the scientists are telling me I've mm. got to do it." Everyone else is locking down, you know, because mm. initially he'd been like, "Oh, we've got to just take it on the chin," which is the right response, obviously. Yeah, um, and so it it felt that people kind of went along with it because it felt like Boris didn't want to do it, but you know that Jeremy Corbyn probably would have loved to do it. Yeah, oh, brilliant, you know. Yeah, I, I think so. The the interesting thing with Boris is that he he was seemed to be pushing against lockdown. Mm. until he himself yeah. uh, became uh, seriously ill, um, uh, at which point, uh, yeah, there was a very, there was a real, a, a real about turn and a real shift. Um, yeah. Um, and I think we didn't, you know, uh, interestingly, the information about, about that when he was, out of action when he was ill, when he was in hospital, there was very limited information about what was going on there as well. Mm. Um, so, so that that was a turning point, certainly. Andrew says the left shows itself to aspire to be an empire of evil. Thank God you do the work you do, and others such as the Daily Wire have been doing to fight back against this deliberate perversion of nature and reason. Well, that, now that sounds like quite a hard statement, but I mean, pride is literally a sin. Yeah, yeah. Do, do we get a month for the other deadly sins? Mortal sin, isn't it? Yeah. And, uh, um, and, uh, um, I'm looking forward to the gluttony one. I like food. Well, that, <laughs> I love a good meal. There, there, there's that as well. There's that. There is already that Sloth element. Sounds to it. great. There's already the greed element to it already. Yeah. We, this month is going to be. We want a full month, not a week. It won't do. A, yeah, a day yeah. won't do. It's a full month, and it's everything is about us for this month. We have the full month. We want every flag that's up, it's ours. <laughs> Take every other flag down. So the greed's uh, already there, isn't it? Yeah. We've got the pride and the greed. I would like yeah. a month of sloth, though. I could do with a month off. Just everyone just takes yeah. a month off. Do you know what, though? I think it's one of those things I identify where slothful. If you had one good sleep afterwards, you wake up and think, actually, I want to get back to work. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Richard says, uh, if you have to ram things down normal people's throats, stick it in their face at every opportunity and enforce a message that is clearly nonsense... Uh, it means nothing. Uh, it will enrage the majority or at least cause apathy and despair. It's become a new high religion to the idiots and the virtuous, a.k.a. hypocrites. Uh, yep, that's a totally fair comment. Mm. Uh, Rose says, uh, Pride, like the mid-century Germans, has been has appropriated a symbol and turned it into almost the exact opposite of its original meaning. Uh, yeah. yeah. Zen says, uh, I live in Newcastle and there's always protests at Monument Centre, uh, which is the centre of town, waving tons of flags I don't recognise. It's weird as hell since everyone uh, I know is worried about the economy and is struggling to pay the bills. You're not worried about democracy in Pakistan, then? Yeah, yeah. Just the average Newcastle concerns. Uh, yeah, just... it's, it's uh, that bizarre detachment between what's important to, to people living their lives and you know the real world and and what's being peddled to us as important, what's being sold to us as important and, and, uh, um, uh, by our governments and, uh, media collectively, um, because there's a, a real a disparity, uh, between the two. Mm. Um, the thing, the thing that annoys me though, and I think the Newcastle survey really highlights it mm. is the false assumption that, Oh, well, we'll just let in anyone in the world and they'll just be exactly like we will. It's like, uh, no, 
actually. They're, they're actually different to you, and they know they're different to you. And for some reason, you don't know that they're different to us. And so they come over, and you expect them to have the same concerns. Like, I mean, how, how do the Islamic communities of Britain feel about Pride Month, exactly? You didn't think to ask them, did you? You know? Yeah, well, if you don't have integration, you have ghetto ghettoization, and uh, that's the situation we have. Is is yeah. ghettos across the country? Um, uh, unfortunately, people don't live together um, because the, the, that uh, the importance of integration hasn't been hasn't been given the due <coughs> due attention it needed. But the thing is, like, what does integration even mean? It's like, what are we going to do, force them to drink tea and crumpet, eat crumpets, you know? What, what, what does it mean? Well, it's, it, you know, in all societies, it's that compromise, isn't it? Yeah. About who you want to be and what you want to do. And uh, it means compromise. It means compromise for, for people coming to live here with different values. And it means compromise for the people already here. But that this idea of compromise, people compromising themselves for the good of society has been lost because mm. <clears throat> and what we have in place no integration no compromise people doing exactly what they want to do but living in 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 very mm. disparate groups and all um, and with this very this open tension and animosity towards each other um which is it's not healthy there has then, to be but compromise then it, but then it makes me wonder well, why why should group a have to compromise with group b when group b come from somewhere else you know it's like do, why you know okay they're going to come over and now you've got to make compromises against a bunch of people who weren't here previously and had no right to be here well it's a question mm -hmm. of you know if, if the people who are here make compromises what what are the people who want to come here bringing to the table and you know as you exactly. know they're all doctors and engineers carl so oh, that is true but that, that what i mean is like actually i don't think it should be a compromise i think it should be group b does things the way that group a wants things done or else you don't come, right? Like you don't, you know. When uh, yeah, there, 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 there has to be a, a set of a, a set of rules and conditions yeah. to citizenship. Of course, it does. You would it, think so. And it doesn't. There doesn't seem to be, does there? Yeah. There doesn't seem to be. No. Or maybe there are, but it's all people pay lip service to it. It's not. Yeah. You know, it's it's you know you, you so that's <laughs> maybe not even you sign either. something say I'm going to live like this, but yeah. you know people do what they want to do, but that's no good for society. And it, yeah. you know, this this economic and social erosion and 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 the widespread decline is is mm. um is this this real selfishness and this real mm. lack of compromise uh, um uh between individuals and communities. I mean, historically, integration meant intermarriage. You had to marry someone from the other group. That's what it meant. Mm. You know, so your children would be like mixed in the group, and therefore that that would be a form of integration into the group, right? You have to actually live in. A, in you know, that's just not happened. But uh, but anyway, uh, Dan uh, says. I know it wasn't a, seg a segment today, uh, but I really appreciate the mention of the Nottingham attacks. Well, the reason it's not a segment is because we try not to do ambulance chasing here, right? Mm. So it's like. The facts aren't all out, you know, they're not all concrete. And those, oh, I do, I do ambulance chasing, come my YouTube page for that. And that's fine, Andrew go Lawrence to Andrew's company. YouTube for that. But but the, <laughs> but the we, we, we prefer to do analysis, right? And so if all the facts aren't out, it 
and I've seen this happen so many times where people just jump in. Oh, this confirms everything I thought. And then it actually is complete opposite. And everything you thought was completely wrong about that. And now you've got egg all over your face. And I just want to avoid those circumstances. You know, and so until we have the hard details, I'm not going to make a commentary on what has happened. Uh, but in the next few days or however long, I'm sure for the details to come out, we will then cover it. Uh, but we're, we're cautious. Um, but, uh, Dan says, I'm a student in the same year and the same uni as the two of the victims. Uh, I know people who knew them. The government has blood in its hands. So I'm really sorry to hear it, man. I hope everything is okay. Um, it's one of those things where we, we just can't leap into these things, but this is just, it's just terrible. Anyway, um, right, Andrew, where can people find you if they want more of you? And why wouldn't they? Come on. <laughs> Come on. Well, you know, I'm an acquired taste. Maybe not for everyone, <laughs> but if I, you know, you think I, I might have something for you, come to my YouTube page. It's Andrew Lawrence Comedy, um, and you can find out about uh, the tour dates I'm doing there. Um, or otherwise, if you don't like YouTube, I'm on I'm on Twitter. Uh, mm -hmm. That's just Andrew Lawrence at Andrew Lawrence on Twitter. Or I'm pretty old school on my Facebook. Can oh I find God. me on Facebook, Andrew Lawrence Comedy? Right, okay. <laughs> but I don't, I don't, I don't go in for any of that Instagram stuff. Sorry about that. Um, and certainly not TikTok. Um, but there you go. That's where oh, there's I find your Twitter. Me. That's me. Yeah. Right. Okay. Well, thank you for joining us, folks. We'll be back tomorrow. Have a great day. Mm -hmm.